There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tons of people take a multivitamin, me included. I'm trying to get back on track after football season, eating better, exercising, all of that. And it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adopting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for listening to Saints Happy Hour. We are a family here. You know what families do? They support each other. And if you aren't a patron, we need your support. All the great content you consume for free takes time and money. If you love the show and listen regularly, please become a patron. We need you. Supporting Saints Happy Hour can cost you as little as 23 cents a day. That's what the Saints should have paid Kenny Stills. So please, go to Patreon slash Saints Happy Hour and support the show today. Hey, Ralph. Ralphie. Andrew and Dave. All right, I got the got a little intel. Your Saints Happy Hour podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's a joke, all right? And I'll tell you what. You, Ralph, you mispronounce everything, okay? I listen, I go, what the? Does he not know the English language? All right, Ralph. I try to get an English class in there every now and then, okay, pal? Hey, Andrew! Think you're smart, huh? Think you're smart? You're in big trouble, pal. You piece of shit like you for breakfast. And then, of course, there's Dave. Dave, a little obnoxious? Got a little bit of a chip on your shoulder? Huh? You gotta get, cut people down all the time? Is that what you gotta do? But uh, know that life is good. Appreciate it. Do what you do. Keep on keeping on. Shoot out. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast and Locked on Saints. We convinced Ross Jackson to come join us in the Twitter spaces that we do every Wednesday night. Uh, it's my birthday, so he couldn't tell me no. Uh that's right. That's right, Ross. Thanks for uh thanks for joining us. Oh man, absolute pleasure. Uh, you know, I got the great opportunity to join y'all uh not too terribly long ago, but a little while ago over on the show. And always a pleasure to be able to sit down and, and chop it up with you and Andy. So, always a pleasure. And happy birthday to you. Thank happy you. Birthday. Thank you. I'm uh 
I'm uh, I'm I'm happy to be here. I don't know where, quite where Andrew is. He needs to request to speak because we have so many people in. I can't find him. Um, but here's the thing. Let's start here. The NFL, it just can take over the news cycle like I have never seen. You had mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson. You got Carson Wentz. You got quarterback. We knew the quarterback carousel would spin. But let's start there because it's spinning out of control. And what's your instinct tell you about what's going to happen with the Saints as far as the quarterback situation as it regards to Winston? I can't figure out if he's going to get a huge contract, if teams aren't going to be interested, Mm -hmm. are they going to be desperate? I see all these movements. But it doesn't necessarily tip me off. I, I sway back and forth uh, by the hour. And if I think Jameis, Williams, Jameis Winston is going to get $80 million, is he going to get fifth one year? What, what's your sense <laughs> of right now as we're a week away from this? Yeah, I actually uh, quoted you on that earlier in uh, my Locked on Saints <laughs> episode today because I, I agree. Like it's, it, it's so – Oh, did we lose Ross? You there? Uh, Oh yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, it's it's so hard to sort of figure out the way that that's all going to play out over the course of this sort of free agency cycle. Because the other piece of it too is is Jameis going to land a contract somewhere at the beginning of free agency? Like, is he going to be a first wave free agent guy, or is he going to be a wait and see how the medicals go, what the rehabilitation looks like, what what all these other pieces look like mm-hmm. before you know some of these other teams start to start to jump in because. If that's the case, then it might be uncomfortable for a team like Indianapolis, for instance, who just traded away Carson Wentz, to wait around when there is a team that already mm-hmm. has a connection with him that's also looking to sign him. Because then if they wait too long because they're waiting for rehab, recovery, clearance, medical clearance, all of that, it ends up <laughs> pushing them to a place where they fall behind the mark on that quarterback sort of carousel. And so if Indianapolis, for instance, wants to get in on it right now after seeing, let's say, Jimmy Garoppolo have his surgery and the surgery go well and, you know, there's sort of an expectation of when he's supposed to be throwing again, then they might want to leap on that as opposed to sit around and wait for Jameis who could potentially default back to a team in a situation that he's comfortable. Here's my thing. I saw the Jimmy Garoppolo rumors for the Saints today. (laughs) And if people that listen to podcasts, they know I was vehemently anti Jimmy Garoppolo. But the reason I'm anti Jimmy Garoppolo is I just, I look at it, Ross, and I'm like, you can't give up a a top hundred pick for him and extend him because that's what you'll have to do to fit him in the cap. And he's not your future. Right. But if, but if, but if like I saw a rumor today, it was a, it was a check mark, but it was a person I've never heard of. So I don't know. But they were like, hey, the Saints are going to trade a player for him. I was thinking, hey, you're trading uh, Bradley Roby. Because San Francisco needs a corner, mm-hmm. right? You trade Bradley Roby, you're going to cut him anyway, and you get Jimmy Garoppolo, you add a couple of ghost years. Then you don't give up anything for him. Then, I, then I'm, then i like, fine with it. But, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, the problem is, and Andrew Juge, my co-host, he said this is, that scares him because he's like, yeah, he had, he, he's got shoulder surgery. And they're like, yeah, he's going to be ready for training camp. But, like, We've seen that before with the Saints where Michael Thomas is supposed to be ready for the season. Will Lutz was supposed to be ready for the season. Medical treatment for the Saints brought to you by Oshner, right? So, like, 
it scares me that you got Taysom with two busted feet and you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo like ever two in your quarterback with the Saints right. and their injury history. I don't like that. Yeah, and I think that there's something to be said, too, just based upon the way that we're trending with ACL injuries, Achilles injuries, things like that. It's funny. I'm actually kind of personally at a point to where I'm more nervous about a throwing shoulder injury than I am about a lower body leg extremity injury. Like it's the the way that we've seen these ACL injuries, Achilles injuries, things like that heal over the course of time and, you know, uh, uh, rehab through following surgeries and things like that. I'm a little bit more concerned about the throwing shoulder. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Injury, because we've seen that now be more pesky than some of these injuries that we would usually consider five, ten years ago, uh, potentially career-threatening or potentially at least you know hard to recover or the re-injury level being higher. You look at a guy like Cam Akers who you know, had an Achilles injury and returned all in the same season effectively. Yeah, but he and, returned. He was kind of washed, though. He was sure. Good. No, I think, I think, I think out of practice, I think rusty, like all those things, right? Like you sat on yeah. ice the entire season and you came back in the playoffs. What are you really expecting to do? But over the course of an offseason where you have a, you know, a rehabilitation program and, and a, um, you know, a recovery program and all these other things that are kind of helping you to get there, I think that's a little bit of a different story. Andrew's with us now. Andrew, if they signed Jimmy, if they had Jimmy Garoppolo and they have Taysom Hill, how often will we be playing the ER music? Or more specifically, how often will Thomas be playing it? I would worry about that in the summer. Like that would be a calamity. Well, first of all, uh, happy birthday, Ralph. Thank you. I'm uh, drunk. I had, I, I, I had, I had four, four giant margaritas. My wife drove me home. It was the best birthday. Just that sounds <laughs> high in sugar and disgusting. So I'm not, I'm not surprised at all that you would do that. I'm, I'm assuming that you're now topping that all off with some honey bourbon mixed with Dr. Pepper or something. No, I had six macaroons when I got home. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming you dipped the macaroons in bourbon before you ate them, right? No, I no. just I just pounded them in my 
I was I was panic eating over the Pelicans, but that's a different story. Uh, well, happy birthday! Thank uh, you. That shows your commitment to uh, the show that you it come is. on on your that's birthday. Right. So that's big time. And uh, I'm honored to be uh, also sharing the stage with with Ross today and after or tonight. And I should say that uh, you know I know you guys can't see me because we're not doing video; it's just audio. But uh, Ross, I did not in fact wear a tux. I merely wore a suit for you. Um, but no, <laughs> not really. But um, no, anyway. Listen, it's it's. Uh, we're seeing the quarterback moves and um, I just want to quickly say, you know, obviously it, it seemed like everything was waiting for Aaron Rodgers to make a decision and yeah, it was. that, that hits. And then the next domino falls, it feels like that was loaded in the chamber for Denver and Denver's first choice. It, feel, it kind of feels like it was Rodgers. And as soon as they lost out on Rodgers, they didn't hesitate. They pounced immediately and boom, they get their guy, Russell Wilson, who, it kind of felt like was maybe the second guy in line. And from there, we've now seen the Wentz trade, and we're starting to see these quarterback dominoes fall. And, yeah, so Garoppolo feels like he's next in line, potentially, but there's this whole shoulder ordeal. And and you guys said it, like, look, the thing for me with Garoppolo is if he's not ready to go week one, I don't think Taysom will be. And so you're looking at Ian Book or or maybe Simeon or someone else starting week one for the Saints. And I just don't think that's a plan that Dennis, Dennis Allen does not want to start his tenure that way. So that's, I'm personally really skeptical that Garoppolo ends up being the guy. Ross, isn't this a case? And if you, and guys, we have a ton of people in the room and we'll, we'll get to you. We have, we have some people um, requested egg Rob. We're going to get to you in a second, but Ross, isn't this a case of, cause you were at, you, you went to Indianapolis, right? You were at the combine and, it's it's people think of it as like it, it's for the draft picks, but really it's just an excuse for NFL people to hobnob and network and go out into Indianapolis and, and have a couple of drinks. Isn't these Saints quarterback rumors just somebody saying something? Oh, the Saints might want to get Jimmy Garoppolo when they're like four drinks in. How much of this is just the Saints are going to kick the tires on any freaking quarterback with a pulse? Ross, did we lose Ross? Did we lose him? We might have, but I, I think it's true. Like I, I just think the Saints are doing their due diligence, and any quarterback with a pulse, they're going to kick the tires on. Well, them. until they have a quarterback, they don't have a quarterback. Yeah. Right? So yeah, no, I, I think you've got to prepare for every plan. You got to prepare for every situation, and if you don't get Jamison back, let's say he signs with, yeah. Man, your cat is on fire. Today. I know, right? <laughs> did your did your cat eat some macaroons? Also? No, I didn't. <laughs> um, but no, I I think it's it's one of those you know just you've got to be prepared. And so we've heard Trubisky, we've heard Garoppolo. Those are names that have been thrown out there. I don't really think that you can put much stock in it in the sense that why wouldn't you? I kind of view it the same way when you're looking at draft picks and you know how the saints will be up. Everyone will go nuts because they interviewed a guy, but they interview yeah. 50, a hundred people in the process. Right. And it's like, don't put too much stock in it. And I kind of view these quarterback rumors the same way. Of course, they're going to explore every possibility. That doesn't mean that they're seriously considering signing these guys. Yeah. I think that's, that's really the key thing. I think what you're seeing a lot of is the saints being quote unquote connected to potential quarterbacks 
or connected to, and I'm using air quotes in those situations, <laughs> you know, potential teams that are dealing quarterbacks based upon the fact that, yeah, they're going to, they're going to turn every, they're going to leave no stone unturned as, as the phrase, I guess is, you know, it's going to be one of those situations where like, yeah, they want to know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be available and what the price is for a Jimmy Garoppolo. They're going to want to know what the situation is around Mitch Trubisky. They would want to know, depending upon, I imagine that they would want to know, depending upon what Aaron Rodgers contract ends up looking like, what's the price for Jordan Love? If Aaron Rodgers really takes a four year deal, that's going to be about three years of which guaranteed, right? If that's the actual if that's actually the way that that turns out to be they're going to want to know that that doesn't mean that any one of those are the number one option that doesn't mean that any one of those are the sole option and the only thing that they're willing to do but it's you know one of the 13 different remaining possibilities that the new orleans saints are going to end up pursuing you know i think that the the top option for the saints is going to be i imagine Jameis winston because the entire offseason so far has been about continuity, cohesion, familiarity. Anybody that's listened to the show knows I try to bring these words up in just about every episode. That's right. It's what the Saints have done so far this season. You look at the head coach hire. You look at the co co defensive coordinator just so that they could you know make sure that they didn't just go with one guy. They went with both guys that were in house. Uh, <laughs> he holding on to Pete Carmichael as offensive coordinator, bringing him in as a full time play caller. You know the elevation of Ronald Curry into pass game coordinator. Right. All of these pieces all make a ton of sense. You can even go back to last season and see that when they lost Terry Fontenot, what they do at pro personnel, they elevated Michael Parenton from within the organization. That has always been, and they've always done this in free agency as well. Their first priority in free agency is maintaining in-house, retaining in-house free agents. Then they go to fill holes in free agency. Then they try to go best player available in the draft. But the first thing is always in-house familiarity, continuity, all of that. And so for I me, that's yeah, why Jameis, no, no, I was just going to say that. So for me, that's why Jameis is the number one option. And they're going to be looking at all of these other options, including a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who also has that familiarity factor as well. But just because they're checking in on these other quarterbacks and getting an idea of what the market is around the quarterback position, doesn't mean that those are all of a sudden leapfrogging the number one priority situation. I don't, Here's want my- to talk, I don't want to talk about Garoppolo too much because I know at least half of our listeners right now in spaces, if not more, uh, want to puke at the idea of Garoppolo <laughs> well, being the starter I, I, for the Saints. But I, I, I just – how much – like what do you guys – so we're talking about a guy who has a one-year deal. So we're just one mm-hmm. year left on his contract, $25 million. He's got a bum shoulder that he just had surgery on. Like, what are the 49ers even expecting to get in return? I mean, I I can't imagine anyone giving up anything more than a third round pick at best. It's Mm -hmm. hilarious with San Francisco fans because I've gone to their blogs and I follow their, their, their different people. Their fans both hate Jimmy Garoppolo, but expect a top 50 pick for him. They're like, we, we hate him. It's, We're ready he, to go to Trey, Trey Lance, but totally, if you don't give us the top 50 pick, you're not getting them. He's like, getting he's getting the Andrews Pete treatment, right? Like everybody <laughs> hates him, but trade him away for a first round pick. You know, <laughs> here's here's my question to you, Ross, because I'm really interested in this is if because as the moment strikes me now, I feel like maybe Jameis Jameis's market won't be as strong as people think. And last year with Jameis, the Saints. The Bears, as you know, the Bears kind of mm-hmm. jumped in late and they were like, hey, Jameis, we'll give you one year. I think it was like 10 or 12 million. Why don't you come be the Bears quarterback? And the Saints were like, Jameis, go to Chicago. 
We mm-hmm. freaking dare you. <laughs> Go there, ruin your career, be a backup forever. We dare you. And he was like, you're right. I'm not doing that. But here's the thing, Ross. If this market is kind of soft and it's the Saints or the Steelers, the Steelers ain't the Bears, right? Right. So my question to you is, how badly do the Saints, do you think, want Jameis in a sense of, will they stretch themselves? Will they go a little further maybe than they want to? Not crazy, but will they go a little further than they want to? to keep him like they like they've done with the guy you just mentioned Andres Pete Kansas City made a really big run at him and the Saints were like oh god damn it okay Andres we'll give you the money like how will it how far are they willing to go to keep Jameis you think I think there's there's a creative way for them to do that that I think they would be willing to do in a way that teams like Pittsburgh and Indy and even Tampa wouldn't be willing to go and that's multi-year on the contract. And so what I mean by that is that instead of giving a one year, 10 to $12 million deal with some escalators and incentives that can move it up to 15, let's say they could potentially go into a two or three year deal landscape that allows them to scale the contract a bit. Since that CBA Mm -hmm. got done before the 2020 year, it allows you to scale contracts as much as you can, or as much as you want year into year. So they can go vet minimum at one point, what is it? $1.039 million this year, and then escalate that to 15, $20 million the next year. If they want to, in terms of base salary, they could also go the same route that they went with uh, Marshawn Lattimore that they went with. I believe they did this with Ryan Ramchick's deal as well, but load up a double digit million dollar, um, roster bonus into the following season that can then be restructured because that's already guaranteed money in the first place. So there are a couple of different ways that they could go to where they might be a little bit more comfortable Mm -hmm. doing a two or three year deal, which remember a three year deal easily turns into a two year deal, a two year deal easily turns into a one year deal, depending upon guaranteed money and things like that. And then depending upon the escalators, they could potentially get into the conversation of not likely to be learned uh, incentives versus likely to be learned uh, earned ex- incentives that also move money to next year or move money to this year, depending upon how those incentives are earned. So there's a bunch of different ways that they could really play the game a bit, as we've seen Kai Hartley and uh, the New Orleans Saints and Mickey Loomis do all the time, that could put them in a situation where they're not necessarily stretching themselves in terms of money that they're committing now, but they could potentially provide a little bit more security and longer guarantees than maybe other teams would be comfortable doing who might be looking for more of a escalated one-year deal. It yeah, it's just it's 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 fascinating to me. I want we got some people that want to talk. Joshua, he wants to talk. Joshua, your thoughts on Saints free agency, but specifically like Winston, do you do you want to keep do you want the Saints to keep him? Do you want him to make a long-term commitment to him? I think the Saints would – I think it's in the best interest of the Saints to go with Winston um, just because of what we saw like on the field uh, with Taysom and uh, the other guy. And I'm drawing a blank here. Simeon. Um, yeah, Simeon. Um, I, I think it would be best in the best interest for them to go with Winston only because he's familiar with the system. You know, I say, hey, let's go out here. Let's get a one-year deal going, maybe a two-year. If it's two-year, it's going to be very – um, like Ross was saying, very incentive based of like, OK, you get this many touchdowns, this many, you know, completions, this many yards. Um, and then what I also do is like, hey, Teddy, come on home, buddy. Like, you know, you, you'll have the chance possibly to start. You don't know. You know the system. Come back here. Let's do your thing. 
Um, I just don't see bringing in Jimmy G like that's just not I don't think it's a good decision because he doesn't he's not familiar with the system. He's coming off an, in, in, uh, an injury. There's so many like variables that kind of go into that. And I think Dennis Allen, Dennis Allen also probably has PTSD from, you know, starting a gadget player at quarterback when it's time in Oakland and being a head coach. So, oh, yeah, we would want to do the same mm-hmm. thing of like, oh, let's start Taysom. Let's do exactly what I did in Oakland and see if it works again. No. No, thanks. Thanks, Joshua. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's re- it's really interesting as to for me is the wild card team. Ross mm-hmm. is Carolina because yeah. I because 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 Andrew has Andrew, you've said like Matt rule. He's a bad start from not being the coach of Carolina in October. And, and that's Andrew's. And that's that's not me. That's Andrew. But I think he's 100 percent correct. I wish I would have thought of it first. But, like, I just look at Carolina, of all these quarterback teams, they, to me, are the most freaking desperate of them all. Yeah, I think that's right. And because of the fact that they're desperate, maybe they're willing to do more, throw more, do more. I mean, you know, if they were desperate enough, then I don't know if McAdoo was really the right path. <laughs> but in terms of what it is that they they might be looking to build on that offensive side, yeah, I mean, they could be a wild card team that jumps in there. They should be, you know, in the mix for some of these other quarterbacks as well. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo included, yeah, you know, obviously a reunion with Teddy Bridgewater is unlikely to happen there, but you know, any other quarterback that's on the market, they should be in on because Sam Darnold's clearly not their answer going into, you know, this 2022 season. He wasn't in the 2021 season uh, outside of that first game against the saints, of course. But, you know, I, I think they're probably, you're right. Uh, a little bit of a wild card team to watch in the midst of all this. Andrew, what's more exciting to you? The possibility of the Saints getting the Honey Badger or Jim Mora's on Cameo. What's more exciting? <laughs> well, the, the Jim Mora on Cameo, like it, it's all about execution. So it does excite me. But, you know, if if we get the if we put in the request and then he does it and then he kind of mails it in, then that would be grossly disappointing to me. So not only does he need to do a Cameo for us, he needs to. He needs to do it like Sean Payton, you know, really sell it, really buy into the character and give mm-hmm. us a good rant. And, th- and then it's worth its weight in gold. But so we'll see. But yeah, it's interesting, man, just all of this and, and where the Saints are going to go. I, to me, Carolina, I mean, Carolina has a lot of space right now. And they have a lot of cap space. And so they, they could go with a quarterback, but they're kind of stuck right now. I mean, we'll see what happens with Christian McCaffrey, too, because there, there's discussions that they may want to look to trade him for a first-round pick, and that would potentially cost them some dead money if they took on mm-hmm. that pick. And at that point, you ask yourself, are they blowing it up? But they're, they're committed to almost $19 bucks to Sam Darnold. And who is trading for that? Right. No one. And they, get, and they really get no space. So they're kind of stuck with Darnold. So are they going to pay him almost $19 bucks? And then acquire another quarterback that they might have to pay twenty million dollars to, twenty five million dollars to, or are they going to take on Deshaun Watson's contract? You know, so I, I don't know. I, I I mean, it's possible because I think Matt Rule is desperate, like you said, and he might do anything. But to me, Carolina is is in no man's land. Yeah, I mean, in the end, Ross, they don't have a pick. To like you know right. when 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 what was the quarterback for the Texans? They signed to the money and then they traded him to Cleveland, and they were just like take him and we'll give you a second round pick. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Osweiler. Osweiler? Uh, yeah. yeah. The, Cleveland was like, yeah, we'll take his $18 million salary. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. And the second round pick. But Cle- he but, space to take him and take a pick with it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, but they need that. They can't really afford Maybe they could, they could give up. I guess they could give up a future pick and do it. Um, but it, it, to me, it's fascinating because they're desperate. Tampa might not be as desperate, but are they really going to go with Trask or Blaine Gabbert? So they still have a lot of these quarterback uh, wheels wheels to turn. My question, and we're going to get to ZL3 in a second. My question, Ross, is how do you think the Saints are going to play it in free agency? Because a couple of years, like I, I want to say in 2019 – and last year, like the quarterback was the first thing, even in 2019, like they had to get Teddy done first. They had to pay him a little bit more because Miami wanted him to be the starter right. and the Saints convinced him to stay. And last year they did Winston right out the gate. Is quarterback going to be whatever it is? Is it going to be their first thing they do out the gate? Wednesday or maybe even before early next week? Is that going to be the thing they do? right out the gate because remember they can start doing stuff they can start doing stuff monday the right. tampering period they call it yeah yeah and i think that you know obviously with with winston if they were to you know invest on or be completely convinced in terms of his recovery and everything early get the medical clearance that they need they could re-sign him at any point between now and the beginning of free agency because he's technically you'd be re-signing him as opposed to him being a free agent that you're bringing in from another team so that would allow them a little bit of a head start there but i think that the the quarterback situation if Winston is truly priority number one for them, right? Or option number one for them when it comes to quarterback, then I think that it depends upon the medical clearance situation. But again, the longer you wait for that, unless you have, and obviously like the saints have always had a plan, right? Mm-hmm. And so if, if the longer that you wait for that, the more these other guys come off the market. So that would be the one thing to just kind of be aware of. But in terms of the other positions, I, I wouldn't expect anything different from the new Orleans saints in terms of being, you know, in the mix of the first wave of free agency, they're usually not. I don't think that that will change this year. I think they'll be a little bit more aggressive in terms of that second phase or that second sort of wave of free agents. But as usual, in terms of like the top number one free agents that are going to go off the board, I'm not super sure that that's a place where they're going to get involved and go outside of their their usual rhythm with free agency. Ralph, before you go to ZL3, I want to make one comment uh, to piggyback off Ross. And he, he said M- Mickey Loomis has a plan. And, you know, I, I know it can be unnerving when you look at Teron Armstead not getting tagged, when you look at Marcus Williams not getting tagged. And by the way, I'm stunned that Marcus Williams didn't get tagged. Uh, and I, I say that because Dennis Allen is the head coach now. He's a defensive guy. He kind of made his hay with Marcus Williams' play in a lot of ways. That's how he transformed that defense. He was certainly a, a part of it. And for them to be 75 million over this year, as opposed to 100 million over last year, and they tagged him, I'm just stunned that they didn't do it again. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to be one of those guys that tells you that I saw that all along. I'm surprised. But, you know, Mickey Loomis has a plan, and, and Jeff Ireland has a plan. And if they do let these guys walk, I think it's important now. Yeah, there's no question that that would be a major regression. Uh, I think those are two tremendous players that have been pillars for this team. And so, they would be very difficult to replace, but look, there's no there's no denying that there's a quarterback issue. The Saints are in the quarterback business right now, and, and receiver needs a complete overhaul. So if they're letting those guys walk, it's to put resources and allocate resources towards other spots. 
And I would just wait to see how it all shakes out through the draft before you make judgments about losing those two players because it may be part of a bigger puzzle. Mm-hmm. I, I want to go to ZL3. ZL, because he's been waiting a while. ZL3, what's your feelings about free agency? What would you like the Saints? If I told you, ZL3, they can do one thing Wednesday. They'll be, they can, I give you one move. You can do whatever you want. What's the one move you would make if you were the Saints on Wednesday? But it can only be one. I guess, I mean, tying it into, well, one, I just want to say y'all have a really good forum. This is my first time tuning in. Y'all just have a really good forum in terms of just like the way y'all are talking and posing it in terms of how we can chime in, but then also just giving y'all stakes. Thanks. Uh, That's Ross. He's, he's a professional. There's only, there's only one person that, I, that I'm jealous of in podcast game. It's Ross. He has the silky smooth voice. He's always in command. All these other podcasters, I'm like, whatever, they do their thing. But Ross, I, I listen to him every day. I'm jealous of him. He's just so freaking right, smooth, well, right? Ross, you're killing it. Tons of people take a multivitamin, me included. I'm trying to get back on track after football season, eating better, exercising, all of that. And it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adopting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for listening to Saints Happy Hour. We are a family here. You know what families do? They support each other. And if you aren't a patron, we need your support. All the great content you consume for free takes time and money. If you love the show and listen regularly, please become a patron. We need you. Supporting Saints Happy Hour can cost you as little as 23 cents a day. That's what the Saints should have paid Kenny Stills. So please, go to Patreon slash Saints Happy Hour and support the show today. Well, I mean, tying it into what y'all were talking about with the QBs. I mean, to me, I would personally, you're talking about free agency. I guess I'm thinking it ties with the draft. It's like, would you want mm-hmm. Jameis and Jamison Williams? Or do you think this team, like you're saying, Mickey and Jeff have a plan? Do they believe in Malik Willis like they saw something in Mahomes? Would they trade up from Ooh, where they're at? To that's get? a good question. They they trade. They like to trade future picks because you can always trade future picks the next year too. So if you they they when they like the guy they go. I just think that because then it's like you get Malik. So then do you go get the receiver? You know, I think those basically. I think those two kind of play together. So that's just kind of my thought. <laughs> 
Yeah, and you know it's interesting. Like for me personally, at least, I'm not a huge believer in Malik Willis, and at least like I just feel like there's no way he's making an impact in year one. He's so raw, and if you look at his tape, most of his throws are off platform, and I just think it's going to take him a long time, technique wise, to get to a point where. I mean, I think he could obviously play day one and make some plays, but in terms of consistently making an impact, I just don't think there's any way he would start this year. So that if you were to draft a guy like that, it would be a development project, and you don't have Sean Payton. So that that's the thing for me with yeah, Malik no, Willis I'm, where I, I start to hesitate. But, you know, it's funny. I was listening to uh, – it was Mina Kimes, I think, and she was just like, look, if my team's going to suck – and when I start hearing names like Trubisky – when i started hearing names like trubisky and uh, who else was another one that people threw out there not garoppolo but uh anyway it it was it was another quarterback that just made me want to mariota yeah (laughs) i just wanted to stop being an nfl fan when i heard that but you know so then it's like well if that's if that's what my life entails like if that's what i'm being set up for to watch an nfl watch a saints game go to the dome with trubisky at the helm like just give me Malik Willis and let's get weird. <laughs> That's right, dude. Because his YouTube, his YouTube, he's a big dude. He can truck people. Like he, like he will immediately be one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL. Like he, he's yeah. that ridiculously but I just athletic. Think for a guy like that to be successful, he has to be in the right system. He has to be, you know, have the right surrounding cast. He's not like Joe Burrow is a guy that I think probably would have had success just about anywhere. He is that good. Um, and I just think Malik Willis needs the right system. And like, I don't know. I don't have a ton of confidence in the saints to develop a young quarterback right now. Yeah. It's not to say they can't, but like their lines banged up. Teron Armstead might be on the way out. The receiver room's a mess. They need to overall that whole thing. And like, I don't know that this place right now is a great offense to set up a quarterback like that for success yeah ross isn't it isn't it the case of it's kind of what andrew mentioned it's you know, sean payton's gone like if the saints if they went into the draft and they had sean payton and they moved from 18 to seven and they're like they they traded a 2023 first and they're like malik willis he's the dude and sean payton got up in the press conference after they picked him and he's like this is the guy i believe in him this is my dude We'd all be like, if Sean says it, we believe it. Right. We're on. We're on. We're on the train, baby. But without him, we're kind of like these quarterbacks are crummy. You know, I, I just think it's a different world that we're that we're in. But I have a I have a specific question to you, and then we're gonna get we're gonna get to uh, Kevin and Aaron and, and Jay Boudreau. Ross, I have a theory about uh, Marcus Williams. I think there's a potential because of the tampering starts Monday. I think there's a chance that the Saints could sign Honey Badger before free agency officially kicks off in a sense of they know Marcus Williams, he's done, and they'll do the Mark Ingram thing where they sign Latavius mm-hmm. Murray before Mark Ingram signs somewhere else because they were like, it ain't happening with Mark. He turned down our money. We're going somewhere else. Do you think that is a possibility at safety with Marcus Williams, quarterback, if Jameis goes somewhere else, or another position? Yeah, no, I certainly think it's a possibility. I think that to accompany that Tyron Matthew thing, though, I think that retaining P.J. Williams becomes really important as well. 
That way you mm-hmm. have a guy that has been sort of uh, getting set for and has been sort of exercised at that backup spot in terms of the rangy free safety that you have in uh, Marcus Williams. Because Tyron Matthew has not really played that role. 308 free safety snaps last year as compared to Marcus Williams' 922. Now, a lot of different things go into that. How many of those are split safety? How many of those are cover four? How many of those are cover one? How many of those are, you know, where you're the last line of defense and everybody else is blitzing and it's all man in front of you? There's so many different intricacies and ways that we can go into the weeds on all that that probably not everybody wants here wants to hear. But if you look at what it is that the New Orleans Saints could do in that situation is, and this is something we've seen them do many, many times, is that are we still worried about players fitting into the system or are the Saints now in a place as they're looking at how to revitalize their defense with two defensive coordinators and uh, Dennis Allen calling plays and all the things that are going on over on the offensive side that they're no longer so much concerned in do these players fit the system And instead, they're moving into this next sort of phase, potentially, of how do we make the system fit the players that are in the building? Because if that ends up being where they go, then the idea of can Honey Badger play a single high safety role and be the rangy sideline to sideline guy becomes a little bit less important. You play more split safeties, and that's Mm -hmm. where P.J. Williams becomes a little bit more I'll say imperative in your, you know, in-house free agent retention if you know you're losing Marcus Williams. So that's yeah, something that's, that's that I would look point. at. Yeah, it's a great point, Ross, because I think it's important to know that Marcus Williams and, and the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, are very different players. And, you know, speaking of Marcus Williams' range and, and what he afforded the Saints is the ability to play man press in a lot of different situations where you go single high. And, mm-hmm. and you use Marcus Williams' range to go sideline to sideline. And quarterbacks are afraid to test him because they know. Where they know where he is on the field and they know that. And so that affords you the ability to play defense in, in a very specific way uh, that allows everything in front of him. You, you're able to trust and take more risks. Whereas, you know, as you mentioned, Ross, with Tyron Matthew, if he's your priest, you probably need to have a too high safety look more often because he doesn't have that range. But, but what he does give you, on the flip side, is it's more of a chess piece. He, he's, and you know, this isn't to say that Marcus Williams doesn't have ball skills because he absolutely does. But you know, Matthew, I mean, we saw it at LSU, Ralph. I mean, he probably one yeah. of the best ball skilled defensive players we've ever seen at LSU, and certainly that's translated in the NFL. And you know, and, and so they might move him around a little bit more, kind of like they did with Malcolm Jenkins. And I agree. I think the more, so I, I think it becomes imperative, as Ross said, whether it's PJ Williams or other guys you need more pieces to complement Matthew when he's on the field. And I don't know that you can have a role like Marcus Williams had where you can put him on an island by himself at single high. We got Kevin, Kevin Sims. Ross, do you think there's any possibility that the Saints retain Marcus Williams? It's certainly possible. Look, I mean, I think that there is there's one thing to look at in all of this, and it's the relationship between the player and the team. And some of that can be, you know, something that you can utilize in situations like this, especially during that early tampering mm-hmm. period. Hey, what are the offers that you're getting elsewhere? Give us an opportunity to be able to talk to you about what type of contract we yeah. can structure for you. Because here's the thing, and I think that this is the big thing. People are getting a little hung up, and I understand it's free agency, it's how this works. People are getting a little bit hung up in the idea that a contract for Marcus Williams will be 14 plus million dollars per year. And 
on face value, that's true. But that doesn't mean that it's literally going to cost the Saints $14 million right. in 2022, $14 million in 2023, so on and so forth. It could be that that ends up having this huge signing bonus, let's say, you know, $20 million over the course of five years, that's $4 million, and then a $1 million base salary this year, which is a base. You're talking about a $5.039 million hit for the first year, and then you can, based on the base salary, escalate that however you want because you paid him $20 million of the deal right up front, but you're only accounting it as four years, $4 million over the course of five years. So you can build a contract that's light 2022-2023 that still pays him out quite a bit. You probably need to go higher in the guarantee, guarantee guaranteed money over the life of the contract to be able to combat a little bit of what other teams are able to offer, which will be a lot more uh, at face value. But you can still create a $14 million per year mm. deal without costing yourself $28 million over the first two years of the deal. That gets you into TV deal money that's expected to explode the salary cap, gambling money that's not even being factored into the salary cap at this time, and all of those other pieces that would end up swelling the salary cap and allow you to skirt that contract that might look like it's a lot on face value in terms of AAV or average you know, per year, but then you're able to get it to a point by the time that that salary cap swells and those new safeties in 2024 are getting their humongous $20 million a year contracts, you come out looking like you made the big discount there. I said I was stunned that the Saints didn't tag him. I will be even more stunned if he returns to the Saints. So what what the hell do I know? Because I was <laughs> wrong about the tag. But <laughs> where, we, where we sit here today... I, I don't see a path to Marcus Williams coming back. We've what? already seen on we already seen on Instagram that he's pumped for free agency. He cannot wait for free agency to get here. And once it hits, I know what the cap's going to be like in two years. I know what kind of cap space other teams have out there. I know how appealing of an option he is to other teams. I just don't see it happening. I don't see any way he comes back to the Saints based on the money that he's going to see. I think it's Ross. I think his money's going to be stupid. Like I know you're it's talking fourteen. Money. I think it's going to be like I think it's going to be. You're saying fourteen. I think it's going to be like seventeen. Because I just yeah, think he could I just think the a Jamal bad, Adams area, right? I just think there's going to be a bad team like Jacksonville or Detroit mm-hmm. or whoever, and they're going to be like, we will pay the bad team tax for you. Come here. And he and he yeah. and he's going to do it. It's, it's um, absolutely possible. And he would deserve that money like he has earned that money. He has consistently been one of the best free safeties. And I know that we like to live in the Minneapolis miracle or don't like to live in it, but love to live in it when it comes to Marcus Williams. But I mean, he has consistently been one of the best in the NFL, right? 600 good coverage snaps any day. You'll take that. And so I think that that's absolutely mm-hmm. fair. But if there is a way, if there is a way for New Orleans to figure out a way to do it, it would be with the tricky salary cap accounting. Yeah. Kevin, he's joining us. Kevin, what do you want the Saints to do uh, Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday in free agency to get started? What's the one move that will make you really happy? Well, I think there's really only one move to make, and that is solving quarterback. So I like we have to come out early with the quarterback because I just don't see anyone else really – want to sign with the saints until that's that's addressed it's Mm -hmm. just um i mean we have to fix offense we have to get um Mm -hmm. free agents and it's just not a good place we have a defensive head coach a offensive coordinator that's only been known as sean payton's lackey we we 
don't have a line. We don't have receivers. Our running back suspended. Like it's it's a it's a mess. But the thing is, is it's not unfixable. If we start making moves, uh, Jameis or Teddy, I think is going to be the answer. That's what is going to happen. But it needs to happen early so we can start be- selling the Saints as, hey, this is the rebuild. This is the mm-hmm. vision. Without mm-hmm. a quarterback, we have no vision, and it's um, it's just it's really going to be a really sad free agency offensively until that happens. It's a great but point. On the fl- but on the flip side, uh, like everybody said, and I think it's a very, it's a highly possible uh, more than likely is going to happen is we're going to have honey badger. Like Tyron Matthew is more than likely going to be the safe safety. And to me, it makes sense. And Juge was making so many good points about, yes, this is a different type of safety, but it doesn't have to be apples for oranges. When we were, when Sean Payton was replacing Breeze, he was saying, don't expect a quarterback just like me. Well, he was an offensive genius. Well, Dennis Allen became a head coach twice because he was a pretty good defensive coordinator and his background is secondary. He doesn't Mm -hmm. have to play just like how he's always played with Marcus Williams. Mm. He is smart. He can make adjustments. He can make the scheme towards the personnel. Oh, I think we lost Kevin. Talent. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus Williams is an amazing talent, but his skill sets is different than Tyron Matthew and Tyron Matthew is better at certain areas in some things that we lack defensively is turnovers. Mm-hmm. And if it's fumbles, fumble recoveries, interceptions, like the honey badger just knows how to get the ball into his hands and he knows how to score touchdowns when getting the ball in his hands. And that is something that we need. It may be a change of pace. It may be a, a slight decline. It may be a bump in something else, but I have to believe that we hired Dennis Allen because he's a defensive coach. And if there's a defensive move, we shouldn't panic. We should be like, Oh yeah, the defensive guy knows what he's doing. Let's have faith that he's going to do it correctly. <laughs> No, no, that's a great point. Thanks for joining us, Kevin. We all need to pump the brakes on Honey Badger because I am LSU Homer and it is getting me excited. But, you know, (laughs) we we, we have to remember, like, they don't have him yet. He liked a couple tweets, you know, Chauncey Garner Johnson, what's in the fire emojis? Yeah. And he didn't just like, he replied with fire emojis. I just, you know, let's pump the brakes until he signs. I know. Tweets, look, when, when Adam Schefter fires off the tweet that it's it's a done deal then i will i will fully buy in but the point that uh saints to death just made uh which i think is a great one is it's a tough sell for these mid-level receivers like let's say the saints aren't in the first wave of free agency but they're trying to you know all these years of and look the saints failed at times to, to get these guys the the jimmy graham return adamic and sue uh, Jadavian Clowney, you know, when they, when they played around with trying to <laughs> lowball some of these guys and try to get them, they lost out on a lot, but they also won on a lot of those type of profile mm-hmm. guys where they were Jameis Winston is a perfect example where they mm-hmm. lowballed a player way below his value. And Sean Payton's recruiting style was able to convince those guys to come in the building. Well, mm-hmm. that selling point where Sean Payton's gone, like if anything, I think at this point to get a, a good receiver, in this offense, you got to overpay him. And the problem with overpaying guys is 
we still have this little cap issue and we've, we've discussed this at length and the cap, the cap thing is overblown, but it's not like the saints can throw around a bunch of money like the Patriots did last off season right. either. So right. I think the main thing for me is you have that limitation and it's a tough sell based on not having a quarterback and offensively it's been kind of brutal the last two years, if we're being honest. So the overhaul is tricky. It really is because you got to spend to convince people and, you know, like, hey, come here for the opportunity isn't isn't what it used to be in terms of a selling point. So you have got to get that quarterback situ- situation figured out to help people with that vision. And I think that's a really great point by Kevin. Yeah. Ross, you you've host not just Lock on Saints, you host other NFL podcast on the, the Locked On Network. I want your opinion since you, you covered so well. You know, every year – we are, their teams are going to, I think they're going to spend ridiculous amounts of money that the, the pandemic, the, the financial situation of it is at least is kind of over for the NFL there. I think they're going to spend a ton of money, but every year there always seems to be a position that, that people are like, wow, teams just aren't spending on that. You know, mm-hmm. remember it's like 2018. It was, uh, it was safety, right? The saints, they right. could have got Honey Badger then, but they were like, no, 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 we'll get Kurt, Kurt Coleman before free agency starts. We'll get him on the cheap, and then the safety market collapsed. What position in free agency, when you look at it, do you think, eh, maybe those guys won't get paid as much as we think? Yeah, actually, one of the ones that I think is possible actually plays right into the Saints' hands like that market could have that year that they signed Kurt Coleman. It's wide receiver. I think wide receiver is one of those markets that could end up suffering. Now it's a premier skill position, so obviously it's still going to, let's call it quote-unquote, suffer, right? It's going to suffer in its own way relative to the value of the position itself. But based upon the oversaturation of the wide receiver market in free agency and what that's going to look like, the players that have already been franchise tagged, a la Devontae Adams, and of course, with the consistently proven skill set uh, or, or translation of the skill set for rookie wide receivers coming from the draft and having immediate impacts led Juke, as you'd probably be happy to hear by a lot of LSU wide receivers, by the way, <laughs> that is something that I think will impact that wide receiver market to where you'll see the big names get the big money, but these guys like Cedric Wilson, they could potentially fall into something that looks more akin to six to uh, let's say seven to $9 million per year, as opposed to what they would likely be looking at if I'm the agent, which would be eight to 12. And so I think that that $5 million, you know, difference is a big difference. And so when you look at the saturation of that wide receiver market, I think that's definitely one of those spots. And then the other one would be defensive tackle, but that has a lot to do with the sort of the talent that will be available is not as good as the talent we usually see at that position. So let's call it interior defensive line. Uh, won't be as good as what we usually see at that position. We've seen years mm-hmm. where we've seen like Gerald McCoy and Indomitian Sue and all these big names that are available all at the same time. That won't necessarily be the case this year. So I think because of that, that would be another one to where you can get, you know, that, that Malcolm Brown level signing in late in free agency. Yeah, that's it. It's a great point. We got, I want to get to these people before we get out of here. Budrich, we're going to come to go to you. What do you want for free agency? And then we're going to go to Aaron and Joey and AI. Budrich, what you got for us tonight? I guess. Oh boy! Like, oh god, he's like a like a gas. Yeah, the deep the deep sigh. Yeah, you're you're really setting us up for disappointment here. I guess what I want from free agency is probably just 
probably some so- just solid players all around. I guess, I guess defensive linemen. Uh, I just want to go all in on offense when it comes when it comes to the draft, getting wide receiver, mm-hmm. getting a quarterback, getting probably another power back to line up with uh, with Alvin Kamara. But you know, just probably on, on the defense side, just get like a couple solid veterans. I don't, I don't know who off the top of my head. I have to look. I have to look at a list or something. But just. You know, probably something to where, you know, we can rush just four guys and not have so much defensive rotation, even though that's what they really like. But I guess guess one of my dream signings would just be, screw it, go sign Bobby (laughs) Wagner. (laughs) I don't know. Just just sign. Just bring him in. I don't know what I fit. I just just want him. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll figure out. Yeah. There's I'll figure out somehow. Let's let's just bring him in and see what happens. Somebody pulled up a tweet from me from 28 from March like first 2018 where I was like, hey, if Seattle's gonna blow it up, maybe Nikki should call about Bobby Wagner. He's like hysterical. You, are you like, you still want to do that? I'm like, that was four years ago, and Demario Davis wasn't on the team. I think we're all right. <laughs> I think we're all right now, but Budrich, thanks, thanks for thanks for joining us. Saints Happy Hour needs your support so we can keep giving you the Saints coverage you love. Become a patron to help us keep giving you the best daily Saints podcast on earth. Supporting Saints Happy Hour gives you the best Saints podcast every day without any stupid ads or promos like this one. And patrons also get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7, early access to podcast episodes, our world-famous booze bundle with four amazing swag items. So do it. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. That's SaintsHappyHour.com. Ross, I want to ask you this. Do you – I know you say the Saints won't be in the first wave and they'll kind of do the second wave, but could it be sort of not that they – are sort of huge spenders in the first day. But, you know, in 2017, I think it was the second day they did Ted Ginn and they did mm-hmm. um, and they did the linebacker for I'm totally blank blanket on his name that they from Carolina too. AJ Klein. And then they, they said it again in 2018. They were like, our team is loaded. We're not going to do anything the first couple of days. The second day, Demario Davis, Patrick Robinson. So could it be a sense of, yeah, they won't be in the 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 you know the Gucci store in the first day, but they may do a bunch of stuff the first couple of days. It just may not be huge signings. Yeah, it, met- it, it's it's weird to refer to Demario Davis this way, but remember we're talking about where he was ahead of that season. But to me, like all of those signings are second wave free agent signings, which yeah. is usually the second day, right? Because the first, remember the first day of free agency is the Monday, not the Wednesday or, or, or whatever. That's right. right? The, the day that these like contracts are to come out. So I think that that's maybe where, you know, you start to see maybe, maybe one contract from the Saints. Like if they sign Tyron Matthew, Tyron Matthew is probably going to be an in principle signing, right? One of those famous, you know, Rappaport You're quotes. You're going to jinx it, pros. man. You're yeah. jinx it. <laughs> that to me would have to be one of those like early things. But after that, yeah, it's the second day of free agency signings where they do make the most sense. So I, I think that that's, and that's where the second level of you know free agent wide receivers comes in that's where that second level you know or really that's where that top level running back could potentially come in if they were in that market but they'll probably go for a second level guy you know second tier guy like all of those things sort of make sense but i think that you know one of the other places where you might where it would make sense for them to make an early splash is going to be on 
is going to be that market that we just talked about that's not going to be super oversaturated but does have some talent that they could potentially take advantage of and that's going to be interior defensive line because if you if you want to do what it is that Butterich talked about in terms of rushing four and being able to get that get pressure with just the front four you're going to need to find another interior defensive lineman and you know Love me some Albert Huggins. He's got a great Twitter handle, but he's not going to be the guy that's going to be that world beater for you in the middle with with uh, David Onyemata. And so I think you still have to find that other other guy there. There are some great options in the uh, in the NFL draft, of course, but we know the Saints, right? They want to fill holes in free agency. Go best player available in April. We could do with Elmo emoji. The Saints can go defensive tackle and guard in the second wave of free agency and saints Twitter could just burn to the ground. That would be, <laughs> that would be fun. Aaron, wouldn't, they, wouldn't they be happy with that though? Cause it would mean no more it's less likely they would draft one in the first. Yeah. Round. And we would be less likely we see traffic cone Ruiz. So, I mean, I'd I don't be know that they're interested in replacing Ruiz this quick. Oh, I'm being honest you. with you, especially it's my birthday, Ross. I know. I'm sorry, that? but you have to, <laughs> you, you have to hear it, man. You have to hear it. Happy birthday. Um, they brought in Doug Marone, who they have a lot of faith in, in terms of helping with that offensive line. And I think, I think rightfully so, honestly. Uh, so I think that that would be the factor in the, or the next piece in the Cesar Ruiz sort of, you know, <laughs> hopefully legacy, uh, for the guy, but we'll see how it actually ends up, uh, ends up turning out. But I think they want to see what he does under Marone first. Yeah. All right. We're going to get to two more people. Then we're going to try to get out of here. Aaron and then Joey and then AI. We're going to get to y'all. Aaron, what you got for us regarding Saints free agency? Well, first off, I want to say agreed. Yeah, there you go. There okay, you go. So I just wanted to make sure I was there. So first off, I want to give a shout out to everybody that's listening. This is a great forum. It really is. I'm going to have to pay attention to this more often. So this is kind of like an underrated thing that I've been looking at with the Saints. Yeah, we all talk about we've already talked about quarterback, and the wide receiver, and the safety. Those are the those are some of the obvious moves. But what I'm looking at is the running backs. That's good. I'm looking at this is even before Alvin Kamara had the whole legal issue to begin with. When they made the move to bring back Mark uh, Mark Ingram, that said to me that they were in trouble from the get go. And for the last, I would say a season and a half, maybe two full seasons, we've not seen an impactful running game for, I, I would say, too long now. And we've seen what happens when they lean uh, too solely on Alvin Kamara as a guy that's just, just pound the rock in between the tackles. Sure, he can do that, but he's not built He's not built to withstand that type of punishment for an entire season. And Tony Jones Jr. pulled a fleece on a whole lot of us or with what he did in the preseason. I think the Saints need to get that backfield uh, assured up. And I believe a couple of names stand out to mind. When old Leonard, uh, I would look into Leonard, uh, Leonard Fournette. I look into Marlon Mack. I would look into uh, James Conner, uh, Amir Abdullah from Carolina. Guys like this that have the traits to split with Mark Ingram, who's probably going to be RB1, but it also has the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, a staple that they got with the Saints love to run on offense. Uh, Aaron, thanks for joining us. I, I, hey, Leonard Fournette, it wouldn't quite be as ex, maybe as exciting as Honey Badger, but I can get behind it, go Tigers. I mean, listen, they have running back issues. It's, it's, it's a fair point, Ross, if you think there's nothing really left in Mark Ingram's tank. It was great that he came back. It was great that he got the record and all that. 
But, I mean, he's not exactly young, and you don't know what he has left. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with Theron there that I think running back is one of those spots that makes a lot of sense for them. And if it's not free agency, it's the draft, right? You grab a guy like a, you mm-hmm. know, Damian Pierce out of Florida, a um, Brian Johnson out of Alabama, and then have them work with Mark Ingram in terms of being that complimentary guy. And I think Brian Johnson, even James Cook out of Georgia, I know I'm naming a lot of non-LSU SEC guys, and you guys probably hate that, but you know they are, yes. they, <laughs> but they are you know good options that give you you know Damian Pierce is a fantastic run blocker. Uh, if the running back out of Notre Dame wouldn't have run like a four six three, still running his forty, then you know he probably would have been a fantastic option too as somebody that is maybe the best. Uh, pass blocker, excuse me, out of the you know out of this group, and so I think that the draft is a great place to look for that too. If you can't get any of those guys that you feel comfortable with that have that versatile skill set in free agency, but I do think it's a position that needs to be addressed. And I agree, even before Alvin Kamara, I get in a lot of trouble when I say that um, that you know Tony Jones Jr. wasn't what the New Orleans Saints pa- thought he would be when they moved on from Latavius Murray because they want to talk about the offensive line and things like that. But I mean, he simply just wasn't what they thought he was going to be. I mean, it's just, yeah. and so they Ross, have to can, figure out something what there. What I can tell you, Ross, is that, you know, these guys, so you're suggesting an Alabama player potentially going to the saints. And what I can tell you is that player is an Alabama player right up until the moment that he scores a touchdown. And then he becomes a saints player. Love it. Until he fumbles, <laughs> and then he's back to being an Alabama guy. That's right. I just say another name to keep in mind on the second day, the second wave of free agency, and he's a Falcon, and we hate him now. But the second he signs with the Saints, we'll love. Oh, I know Russell Gage. Russell yeah. Gage. I'm just saying, if you could get, if you could get that guy, Ross, at like say three years, eighteen million. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you would. I would love that as a second receiver. We're gonna get out of here. So Joey, you're gonna you're gonna wrap us up, and then we're gonna. We're going to ask Ross a couple more things. Joey, what you got for us? What you want? What do you want the Saints to start doing come Monday? Well, first of all, Ralph, ha- happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, um, so I think that, you know, obviously the Saints know and we all know we need wide receivers. But this is, you know, whether it's the draft or free agency or trade, this is probably the deepest receiver market we've had in years. Um, one guy you were just talking about, Falcons, what about Cordell Cordero Patterson? Ooh. I mean, he can run. See, that's where I thought catch. you were going, Ralph. And yeah. yeah, he can run and he can catch. I heard Aaron talking about Fournette. I was going to bring up Fournette as well. But my main focus right now for the Saints, they have to, in my opinion, resign either Armstead or Marcus Williams. They got to get at least one of them back. I mean, I know Honey Badger. You know, LSU player. He's still a great safety. He's you know he's about to turn thirty, but. Marcus, you know, he's more like a Malcolm Jenkins. Marcus is lengthier, bigger, longer. He's a ball hawk too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, he's younger. And, I'm, I mean, listen, I don't want to add another 30-some-year-old to, to the defense. We got a, a couple of them already. But um, – and then as far as the offensive line goes with Ruiz, I think that, you know, Doug Marone is the best in the business at the offensive line. And, listen, Ruiz might be a lost cause. But if somebody can fix him, it would be Doug Marone. I wouldn't mind, you know, maybe trading Ruiz maybe for like a fourth-round pick or something if we can, if somebody will give us that. Try to, if we have the money, bring in somebody like a Brandon Schreff, uh, the guard from Washington or something. But that that's kind of high hopes. But I would love Cordero Patterson on this team, though. You can use him kind of like the right. 49ers use Debo. Well, and thanks, Joey, for joining us. The thing that, uh, Andrew, that you always say about players is coaches fall in love with players that beat their butt. And Patterson did that to the Saints 
in the first game in the dome. So I wonder if Dennis Allen's like, get that guy on the offense. Like we could, we couldn't cover that guy. Pat- I like. I'll tell, I'll tell you one of the things. That, go, go ahead, Andrew. It's your I show. I was just gonna say Patterson <laughs> feels like Jared Cook to me a little bit. You know, Jared Cook kind of blew up with the Raiders after a career of being an inconsistent player that couldn't catch the ball. Like Patterson to me has had a career of like good kick returner, hasn't really done much as a running back, really wasn't much of a receiver and. I don't know, man. It's just like to, to kind of discover himself at 31, I feel like that's a little bit of a flash in the pan. So that's my only thing about Patterson is I, I think he kind of caught lighting in a bottle this past season, and I worry that it's a Jared Cook-type situation where late in his career he kind of figured out how to play, but that's right. At 31 as a running back is right around the time when you start to atrophy and get injuries, so he might only have a year left in him kind of thing. The thing yeah. that I the thing that I like about Cordero Patterson in terms of Dennis Allen being the head coach is the thing that Dennis Allen has always emphasized on the defensive side that he now gets to take across the entire team is versatility. PJ Williams revitalized mm-hmm. his career from an outside corner to a slot corner, did it again from slot corner to safety. You look at the way that CJ Gardner Johnson and CD Deuce is utilized, you look at the changes in terms of the way that Malcolm Jenkins is utilized in New Orleans as opposed to the way that he was used in Philly. You look at the defensive line, you look at the linebackers that are all able to play each other's positions, the defensive line that are all able to play each other's responsibilities from, you know, zero tech out to wide nine. And so I think that 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 focus on versatility is something that would make sense to be translated over to the offensive side with Dennis Allen having the umbrella over the over, you know, Pete Carmichael, who, of course, is building that offense. So that's one piece of it that I think makes Cordero Patterson appealing is that you sign one player to manage multiple positions or to help contribute for multiple positions. And in the second piece of it, uh, actually, I think I'll have three here. The second piece of it mm-hmm. is that you have the Taysom Hill question mark, right? Taysom looks like he's going to be stepping into the, 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 the Swiss Army knife role pretty much exclusively going into 2022 unless he has to be the quarterback. But it looks like the focus is going to be finding the next quarterback, which would mean moving Taysom specifically to that uh, that Swiss Army knife role. But is he going to be ready at the beginning of the season with a late Liz Frank injury basically in the playoffs, right? I mean, week, week yeah. 18 at that point. So that's the other piece is that Cordero Patterson helps you with. And the last thing is the Camara, uh, the Camara uh, suspension that we – kind of expect i think at this point to where you look at the fact that you'll need somebody that's going to be able to fill in and help you at running back in camara's absence but then once camara comes back having somebody like cordero patterson that you're able to move and utilize in a different way sort of like what the saints wanted to do with ty montgomery makes a lot of sense so that that's those are my sort yeah. of pieces for cordero patterson i know we right. don't want Taysom hill to start but he and and I'm on board with that. But I just want to point out he's three and zero against the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Facts, that's uh, right. And, and Facts. So, so as long as the just, first five games are against the Atlanta Falcons, it's great. He's, he's fine. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, can we just start Taysom for the Falcons games? That's right. <laughs> here, final question, and then we're going to get out of here. The lovely and talented uh, Sheba Turk from WWL gave us permission. We had our fantastic producer Thomas. He made a gift of Sheba Turk that we will debut on the Twitters when the Saints do breaking news and we're all stunned and we're running around like crazy, crazy people. So my question to you is, I want Ross, you answer first and then Andrew. The Saints have done this before. They okie-doke us. They tell us, "Ah, we're not doing anything. We don't have any money. They did it with Jairus Bird. That didn't work out. But they had like $8 of cap space, and it was the rumor started the Saints were trying to get Jairus Bird, and everybody on Twitter, NFL Twitter, is like, the Saints cannot do this. They have $8 of cap space. How is this going to happen? So, my question to you, Ross, is if the Saints stun the world 
and do something extraordinary. And Adam Schefter is tweeting it, and it's, it's ESPN breaking news. If they spend big money and get crazy out the gate in free agency, give me a name or a position where they would do it, and we would be like, oh, my God. I cannot believe this is happening with the Saints. If they're gonna, if they're okie doking us and and they're gonna get wild to start free agency, where would the move be? Let's go. Let's stick with the the LSU theme and let's say Odo Beckham Jr. at wide receiver. Ooh. Right? Like, <laughs> what what better what better way to shock the world than to turn around without the head coach that you had last season? The this the system the player that you wanted to get in, in a couple of different instances and the player that almost signed with you now even without the head coach that makes the team so exciting you end up bringing him back on you know bringing him back to louisiana bringing him back to new orleans on a free agent contract that no one saw coming i think that's a pretty good one i think that's a pretty good shock the world that is that is a, that would stun the world. It, it, it would scare me because of his knee, but it would also excite me because I could play the Go Tigers soundbite over and over again. Well, Andrew, I was, I was I was gonna joke that if you go with maybe you should go with Garoppolo if you go with Odell because then then just just go all injured players. <laughs> just, oh my just god! Go full we'll just play ER. We we'll just play ER music the whole yeah, show for the, the podcast. Whole time. All it'll, it'll be great. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think. Surprising. I mean, yeah, I think it would be something on the defensive side of the ball that's not safety because I, I think the obvious thing is they're going to replace Marcus Williams if he leaves. But I, I would say almost any other position on the defense because I, to me it seems clear that the focus is going to be either it's safety to replace Marcus Williams or pretty much everything is in play on offense at every single position, including running back. So, um, you know, if they get a defensive end, if they get a linebacker, if they get a corner – um, that that would be stunning to me, uh, you know. I I don't think they'll spend at, the, at those spots, but uh, could it could it be that they don't love Pete Werner like they like him, but they want to go out and get someone that's dominant like Demario Davis to pair next to him? Um, so that would be your Wagner would be a perfect example, you know, something like that where you're just like, whoa, I did not see that coming. So, uh, but but I think it's going to be predictable. I think it's the Saints are clear that look if they lose. Armstead and they lose Williams those are big holes and I think we've kind of seen them lose guys you, you talk about how that year they lost Carl Nix and boom they turn around immediately and they sign Ben Grubbs and it's not at the same level but it's it's at a contract that's just a tier under it you know in terms of the value and mm-hmm. I would not be surprised to see the Saints go get themselves a tackle and go get themselves a free safety and it's not going to get paid it's not going to be at the same pay grade as Armstead and, as, and Williams but mm-hmm. uh, you know maybe the next tier below that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Raw. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ross. Do you have anything? Else oh no, I was just just co-signing. Disagree. Yeah. Well, thank thanks again, Ross, for joining us. You people, you know where he is. He's locked on Saints. He's the host. He's everywhere. He's amazing. Follow. Silky, follow he's him silky smooth. Him. He's yep. silky smooth. He is. He, he's the, he's the, <laughs> he's, the free, he's the freaking best, man. Like lock lock on. I don't know what I would do at my eighty minute commute to and from work i don't know what right. i would do without locked on saints man i'm in my oh, car man, i might have to start pressing two episodes a day for you man to make that hey it's, hey <laughs> this is this is the week to do it ross because we got free agency this is the week to do it so everybody thanks for hanging out with us on stasis follow ross you know where he is thanks to everybody we love you guys we will see you again tomorrow
Today's episode of Saints Happy Hour is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They are here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats. Go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org, open Instagram, and type in at sportsdrink, spelled sports drink without the vowels. That's S P R T S. D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out.